Welcome to the League Podcast. I had some requests to put out the Pat Donovan interview from week six as its own episode, so here it is in, in its entirety. Uh, enjoy. All right. I'd like to welcome our special guest this week on the League Podcast. He's the host of the Pat and Aaron Show on 620 WDAE in Tampa and iHeartRadio, and the Pat and Aaron Show, the People's Podcast, Pat Donovan. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thanks for being here. Yeah, good to be with you, man. Uh, so this podcast is really centered around a 12-guy fantasy football league in Wareham, Massachusetts, and you are... So is, a, is it, it's, just your, it's just about your league. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk like about it. all things fantasy football. It Really, the impetus was just to, to talk crap to each other over a podcast. Um, I like it. Try to make it sound a little more legit, get some, uh, get some real content out there. So we try to actually do some real fantasy football analysis while tying it back to the teams in our league. Well, hey, other dudes, I just want to say Kevin's going to kick your ass this season, so you're in trouble. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so people may be wondering, uh, Pat is a sports media personality out of Tampa, Florida. How the hell is he on a podcast about Fantasy Football League in Wareham, Massachusetts? Well, Pat and I actually grew up in the same neighborhood in, in uh, Shangri-La, East Wareham. Uh, Pat, you were a few years ahead of me. You're pretty good friends with my brother. Um so how did you get down to Tampa and get into sports media? Well, oh, sorry, this is my, my research team is uh, <laughs> very excited that my research partner, a.k.a. wife, is home, apparently. Um, but so basically, I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Boston, and I interned for WWE for a short time. Uh, WWE, WEEI for a short time. And when it came time to start talking about a job, they were really honest with with me, which was great. And, and the conversation was like, look, Pat, you want to be talent, right? You want to be on the air. This is Boston. And you just don't get your start in Boston. You get your start yeah. in butt bleep Wisconsin is what I was told. So <laughs> I knew I had to go to a, a smaller market than the top five market like Boston to try to get some experience. So in looking around, I had some connections down here in Tampa and was able to move down here. So I thought I'd give it a shot in Tampa. And I've been fortunate enough because while it's not uh, Boston, as far as market size, it's also not but bleep Wisconsin. Uh, you know, so to be able to start my career here in a top 20 market, I, I've been very fortunate. Yeah, I mean, uh, what could be better than starting out in a in a market in Florida with three three you know relevant you know professional sports teams? I mean, what, what could be better than that? Yeah, uh, I'm really happy. I need I knew I needed to be somewhere. In, in my opinion, with na- with the National Football League, with Major League Baseball. Anything after that was kind of icing on the cake. So uh, I've fallen in love with the Lightning as well, though, being here in Tampa. So uh, glad to have hockey around as well. But I knew I needed to be in a market personally where I'd be able to cover the NFL and cover Major League Baseball. So to be able to do that, again, in a top 20 market and and in a great place like Tampa, uh, I really couldn't be happier. That's awesome. So you do do your podcast for the Pat and Aaron Show. You have the Pat and Aaron Show, which is, I believe, right now it's a weekend show? It is, yeah. The Pat and Aaron Show is, is a weekend show. Uh, sometimes get bounced for things like the Florida Gators tomorrow. Um, but we, we're generally on every weekend. And then the People's Podcast is, is a podcast that we do as well, which is very similar to our show, but a little more outside of the box of sports. Uh, both of those are sponsored by a, a local Nissan dealership, which is great because I don't have to drive the uh, the dumper that I actually own. I get to drive one of their Maximus. So uh, uh very happy with that as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Moss Nissan, got to throw in a plug for them. And yeah. They're a yeah. big sponsor. Yeah, if, you're in, today, so. if you're in Florida, Newport Richie's uh, not that far away, and they've got uh, they got a lot of great Nissans over there. Uh, yeah. And also doing uh, also doing uh, 
uh, our, our rock station as well on Saturday nights now. Oh, very cool. And I, I see you're doing, you know, you're doing reporting for you know the Buccaneers practices lately. Um, you, I've seen you do a few TV spots here and there. So you're, you're doing well down there, man. I, I love it. And you're right. Yeah, I cover the Bucks for the station. That's kind of my main gig outside of uh, hosting here and there and producing there and here and there. I'm kind of our, our Buccaneers guy. So I'm at uh, every practice, uh, just about every practice. I'm at every home game. I don't travel with the team because radio stations generally don't pay for that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, doing all the home games is nice and, and, and being at all the practices. And, you know, I, you know this. I grew up as such a football nerd to be able to get in the locker room, get the insight that you get from being able to be around players all the time. It's really been invaluable. So as I recall from being a kid, you were a Giants guy, weren't you? I was. I grew up a Giants fan. To be honest, I'm still a Giants fan. You know, I pull for the Buccaneers. It's really difficult to root against guys that you get to know on a personal basis, unless they're jerks. And, and to be honest, while a lot of people would be surprised by this, the vast majority of them, not only are they not jerks, they're usually exceptional people. So when you're in a locker room full of guys that you genuinely like, really difficult to root against them. So I'm pulling for the Bucs as hard as anybody every Sunday, but I'm also still a Giants fan at heart. Yeah, very cool. So I want to get your, your thoughts on the Bucks here in a second. I just want to ask, do you play fantasy football? So here's the funny thing. I have my entire life, at least, you know, for as long as it's been a big deal. And this year, for the first time, I spent so much time covering football. I kind of stopped playing Madden a year or two ago, even though the color commentator on Madden, Charles Davis, is, is actually a friend of mine and put stuff in the game that I told him to put in the game. I stopped playing a couple of years ago because I'm so football consumed that I just kind of stopped doing it for fun almost. I still watch for fun but as far as like playing Madden or fantasy football. This year, I said, you know what, I'm going to take a step back, and I'm not going to play fantasy football. For the first couple weeks, it was really enjoyable. I was like, you know, I'm really happy to not be playing fantasy football. Now I kind of miss it a little bit. I do. I think I'll be back next year. Very cool. So uh, let's talk Bucks. So yeah. you are the authority on, on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're, you know more than anybody that I know, obviously. So coming out of their bye week, you know, what is your outlook on this offense with Jameis Winston under center? You know, I, I think it might take a little while to click. And listen, nobody's going to do what Ryan Fitzpatrick did the first three weeks of the season. It's never happened before. Nobody's ever thrown for 400 yards three consecutive weeks, especially the start of season. The kind of numbers that he put up, it was unrealistic to expect him to continue to do that. And it's unrealistic for, James, for you, anybody to expect Jameis to be able to do that. That said, Jameis Winston's the best quarterback on this football team, and there's no question about that. And I think that there should be an expectation that this offense continues to click, if not only get better as the season goes along, because I expect the defense to do not great things, but better than they've done, right? Yeah. So if the defense just does a little bit more, you put the ball, offense in the, ball, the, the ball in the offense's hands, they should produce as well. And I think we've seen a lot from Jameis. A lot of people will talk about the issues that he's had, the, the, the turnovers that he's had. But at the end of the day, after he came back from his shoulder injury last season, the last five games of the year, that's the best we've ever seen Jameis. And he, he continued that in training camp. He continued that in preseason. He looked fairly good against a very good Bears defense last week. I expect Jameis to continue to improve, and I expect the offense to continue to be clicking. Very cool. And how much do you attribute what Fitzpatrick was, was able to do to the new offensive coordinator? Well, Todd Munkin's been the offensive coordinator well, now. Yeah. They, they did change it a little bit this season, whereas last year he was wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator, and yeah. Jerk Cutter 
was the one who was actually calling the plays. So he was, to your point, a little bit more of the offensive coordinator, even though in name it was Todd Munkin. Now Todd Munkin's calling the plays. So there is definitely a difference in the way the offense is being run. I definitely credit Todd Munkin's aggressiveness and play calling for some of that. I also credit the fact that this is an offense that's just loaded with weapons. And O.J. Howard was a rookie last season and looks like a completely different person and player this season. Chris Godwin was a rookie last season, just really didn't get enough opportunities. And when we saw him, we saw a kid that was really polished for a young player. And that's starting to come to fruition now, too. So when you can go down the list and you've got a Mike Evans and a Deshaun Jackson and a Chris Godwin and an Adam Humphreys and then two really good tight ends in O.J. Howard and Cameron Brake, unless your offensive line is atrocious, you better be able to do something on offense. Well, speaking of the offensive line, is it just that the defense has been not so great and they've had to chase points? Or what is what is going on with the running game of this team? I, I think it's a little bit of the fact that either they've been way ahead or way behind in every game this season. And a lot of times, you know, neither of those things really give you – because when they've been way ahead, they've done that through the air. Sometimes neither of those things give you the opportunity to run the ball the way that you want to. Because when, you, when you're way ahead and you get into that second half, people know you're going to try to slow the game down. They know you're going to try to run the football. So they, they're going to make sure they try to stop that. And when you're way behind, you just can't run the football. So that's part of it. Another part of it is it does take a little while for the offensive line to gel. And they have moved some guys around as well as have new pieces there. And also, Ronald Jones has just been a major disappointment. I really like the young man. He's a great kid, but he's had a tough time in his transition to the NFL. Obviously, that was pretty obvious early in the year where he didn't dress while undrafted rookie free agent Sean Wilson from Duke did dress for this football team. He played a couple weeks ago, but it's more of what we saw in the preseason. It's more of what we saw in training camp. He's a young man that just doesn't look comfortable yet in the NFL, is not a good pass catcher from that running back position. And so while he's a guy that they brought in to be that speed back behind Peyton Barber, and he hasn't really worked out. It's made that it's made it that much more difficult as well. And even Peyton Barber hasn't got that many opportunities to flash, but hasn't flashed maybe as much as we'd expect him to. I think that the further along we get into the season and they get more comfortable as an offensive line, especially when Ronald Jones starts to look like an NFL player, they'll be a better running team. But I don't think they'll ever be a team that comes out and just pounds the rock. It's not yeah. with the weapons they have on the outside. I mean, do you think coming out of the bye that there's a a change in emphasis at all, or do you think they've you know tried to scheme for Ronald Jones to maybe try to get build his confidence because he's just he, you know you could see in the preseason he what he was wasn't running you know with any sort of aggression or with any confidence he seemed hesitant not in that good Le'Veon Bell hesitant way like just was afraid to make cuts or to really just get in between the tackles uh, what what do you think changes coming out of the bye anything. Well, you're 100% right with your take on Ronald Jones. He's not patient. He's hesitant. And, yeah. and, again, he just doesn't look like he's quite ready for this level yet. And that's okay, by the way. He's a rookie. He's a young player. Sometimes it takes – You know, we're at a point now that we expect sometimes too much too fast from young players. And I think that's – on. and, you know, there are Bucks fans already talking about how Ronald Jones is a boss. That's ridiculous, okay? Yeah. The kid just hasn't – the kid hasn't matured yet, clearly, at this level. But that doesn't mean he never will. Um, <clears throat> At, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm not sure what to expect from from this team running the football. But if they can be adequate, I mean just adequate on defense, they're going to be able to win football games because that offense is going to score some points. 
Yeah, I mean, they look great. Um, so transitioning to another, to a couple of guys you talked about earlier, um, I want to talk about the tight ends. So in the, the first, you know, three, three and a half games uh, with, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, O.J. Howard looked like he was breaking out. Now, obviously, rookie year tight ends really struggle, you know, historically everywhere in the league, not just O.J. Howard. He looked like he was really breaking out, particularly between the 20s, not necessarily in the red zone, but he would, you know, he would look like he was going to be an open field monster. So he hurts his MCL. He comes, it looks like he's going to play this week, practice full today, which is, and, and yesterday, which is amazing. Um, what do you think it looks like at tight end with the two guys now with Winston under center who really had affinity for throwing the ball to Cameron Brayton in the end zone last year? He did, and I don't think that stops anytime soon. And I think it's a really good thing for the Buccaneers because when you can run too tight, and Kevin, you know this, when you can run too tight, you can kind of dictate to the defense what you're going to do. And they really have nothing that they can do about it if you've got guys who can play wide receiver. You've seen it in New England. When you've got two guys who can play tight end like wide receiver, it's really difficult because now they can run the ball at you with those two tights or they can split a guy outside. And who's going to cover him? Because the linebackers aren't going to do a real good job of it, and the safeties and corners aren't going to do a real good job of it. And it just it makes it makes teams, as, again, as you've seen with the Patriots, really dangerous when you've got two really good tight ends like that. And I don't think that stops at all. I think Jameis will continue to throw the ball to Cam Braid a lot. I think he's going to find O.J. Howard more because, again, O.J. Howard's just getting more opportunities. He got more than Chris Godwin last year, but he didn't get a ton. And O.J., if you spoke to him last year, you'd say, Here's a young man that's confident, and here's a young man that's mature. But if you speak to him this year, after speaking to him last year, you'd say, how mature was he? How confident? It's like he's a different guy. He's one of those guys that you can just tell is, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an NFL player, and I'm here, to, and I belong. And he might have believed that last year, but he knows it now. And I think his ceiling is massive. You know, his floor, I think, might be lower than some people think because Sometimes he can disappear in games, but if you find him the football in space, like you mentioned, he's a dangerous football player. He's an unbelievable athlete. When you see this guy in the locker room, he's shaped like a wide receiver, except like a wide receiver ate a wide receiver. Like he's in a wide receiver shape, but he's tight end <laughs> size. He's an yeah. absolute freak athletically, and I think we just see him get better and better and better. So do you have any concerns about his ability to block and to be able to stay on the field in situations where necessarily he can't split out or, and run around? None. Absolutely not. No. Cam Bright on the other side, uh, not necessarily a great blocker, although he's improved so much from a couple of years ago where he just didn't belong blocking anybody in the NFL. He's adequate now. OJ, as a rookie, looked like a man. OJ, as a rookie, could block just about anybody that you'd ask a tight end to block, and he's only improved. Like I said, he looks like a wide receiver and a tight end. He looks like a wide receiver, but he's the size of a tight end. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's unbelievably strong. And I'm not at all. I mean, everyone's going to get beat sometimes, but I'm not concerned about OJ as a blocker at all. Very cool. So I want to talk about the receivers real quick. So last year was pretty much just the Mike Evans show. Jameis never really connected with Deshaun Watson and Chris Godwin was obviously you know, developing. So this year, it looks like all three guys have really excelled with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. So with Winston back, do you think it's more of the same from last year where it's, you know, Evans and then the other guys are secondary reads? Or do you think it's going to be a little bit more balanced? I, it's definitely going to be more balanced. 
I think Mike Evans is always going to be a guy that Jameis looks for and finds a lot. Uh, and, and, and don't forget about Adam Humphreys either. I know he hasn't made a ton of plays early in the season, but the thing about Cam Brate and Adam Humphreys is Jameis knows where they're going to be on every play, and he knows that they're going to be where he expects them to be on every play. And it was uncanny last year. And, again, you've got more from O.J. Howard now and more from Chris Godwin, so there's just going to be less opportunities for those guys. But you could be talking to Jameis last season about something that had nothing to do with Cameron Bray, had nothing to do with Adam Humphreys. Somehow those guys would end up coming out of his mouth because he knows how much he can trust those guys. And that's so important for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback in this league. So don't sleep on Adam Humphreys either. But I, I think you will see definitely more distribution across the board. And while we didn't really see him connect with Deshaun Jackson last year almost at all, he looked, they looked really good in camp together. He hit him on a play in the preseason that was better than we'd seen them all last year. I expect, while it may not be, again, what we saw in the first three weeks, because it's unrealistic to expect that from anyone, really, you're going to see a lot more Jameis Winston to Deshaun Jackson in 2018 than we did a year ago, despite the fact that Jameis missed the first three games. But again, we forget last year, too, Jameis missed several games with a shoulder injury. And when your shoulder's not right, you don't really throw the ball right either. And you could see yeah. the difference when he came back from injury late last year. It's funny that you mentioned Adam Humphreys. So Charles Sims is not on this team anymore. Um, so is Adam Humphreys getting pretty much all the checkdowns, or do you see a tight end fitting in there? That, uh, I don't see Barber or Jones really getting those the check down or, or third down work. You're not going to see a lot from the running backs for sure. Although Peyton Barber, and, and I, I spoke with, with some people about this today, Peyton Barber, is a much better ball catcher than I ever expected him to be out of, out of college. You know, we all expected that, that speed guy, Ronald Jones, to be a pass catcher, and then all of a sudden he got into camp and we went, whoa, his hands are not good. I did the exact opposite of that with Peyton Barber. Although it's not something they rely on him to do a ton, he makes catches, he adjusts to football in ways that not all running backs can. And I've been really impressed with the way he's been able to catch the ball and the way he does catch the ball out of the backfield. But that said, again, when you have as many weapons as they do, I just don't think you're going to see it that often, especially because you do want him in to help. Because as good as they are on the offensive line, they're not great on the offensive line, and they can always use some help. So I think a lot of times on passing plays, when you've got four really good receivers, you've got two really good tight ends, you're going to leave that guy in a lot of time to pick up pressure. Yeah. And and Barber's been really good in pass protection. So that's... That's yeah, he's gotten really field. good. That was his issue. That was his issue early in his career. He couldn't get on the football field because he couldn't pass protect. And that's gone from a weakness for that young man to a strength for that young man. And, and it's an example of how hard he works and why I think when everything else is working, he's going to be able to run the football because he's a heck of a young player. Yeah. So now with Chris Godwin, he's obviously flashed early in the season. Last couple of games, he had some some drop and some fumble issues. So do you think the slate's wiped clean for him, or do you think they're still going to have some issues trusting him in key situations? Chris Godwin had, I, I would just call it a bad football game against Pittsburgh. I mean, he really had a bad football game. He dropped two clear touchdowns, although he did make a great touchdown catch late in that game in the comeback. He dropped two clear touchdowns. He did have the fumble. It, it's something we really haven't seen out of this young man. But the one thing about Chris Godwin is he is a young man. He's not a, he's not a kid. You call a lot of guys kids when they get to the league. Yeah. And one of the things last year when he was a rookie that Dirk Cutter started talking about right away was a lot of times these kids come for training camp and you've got to teach them everything. Here's where you're going to go live. Here's where you're going to go eat. 
here's where you're gonna and, and and Chris Godwin moved to Tampa and had a house before training camp began. He said, "I," Dirk Hunter said, "I've never you know been around a young player that seemed like such an adult and he's such a mature player that I really don't see this being an issue." And he has been outside of the last couple of weeks where he has had a little bit of the, of the drops. And, and so again, that that Pittsburgh game was bad, but outside of that, he's been extremely sure-handed. And I think the fact that he is so down to earth, the fact that he is so mature, it's something that's not going to linger for him. He's a, he's a emerging football player. And while every single guy is going to have games like that Pittsburgh game, every single guy is going to have some hiccups. I think Chris Godwin's very, very good. And he's going to, and, and, and that's not going to stop. And then, and then, to your question, they're not worried about him. I'm, I'm confident of that. Okay. So I guess the big question, Tampa goes into Atlanta this week. What's your prediction for the game? You know, I, I host a show called The Insiders where it's myself, uh, the, the head beat writer from the Tampa Bay Times, ESPN's Jenna Lane, and we have a website down here called Pewter Report, and we have one of, those, one of their writers, Trevor Sikkiman, as well. And we actually record that on Fridays. That's what I was doing before we were able to talk. We record that on Fridays because they do travel to the road games, right? So we made our predictions today. And as much as I want, every time I want to be optimistic about this football team, they let me down. Atlanta's got a ton of issues on defense right now. They really do. But when I see Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky do what he did to the Buccaneers defense two weeks ago, how do I not expect Matt Ryan to do that? How do I not – I mean, name me three or four wide receivers on the Chicago Bears team, okay? The only reason I know – I probably shouldn't say this, okay, but hopefully it doesn't get out too far. The only reason I know uh, the Bellamy kid who plays for the Chicago Bears is because we played in a charity celebrity basketball game together a couple months ago. I mean, the Bears outside of uh, – it's not very exciting at wide receiver. Yeah. So when I look at the Atlanta Falcons and I see Julio Jones – I see what Calvin Ridley's been doing early for them. And, of course, Mohamed Sanu, who's one of my favorite kind of underrated guys in the NFL. Yeah, I just don't know how you slow those guys down when you couldn't slow the Chicago Bears down. So as much as I would love to be optimistic because I know the Bucs are going to be able to put some points on the board on Sunday, I don't know that I can be optimistic that they can win. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 does, it does not help that it's in Atlanta and Matt Ryan's a different guy at home. That does, that's yeah. not helping the cause. Um, the one thing I will say, Jameis Winston, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions against Atlanta. Of all the teams in division, he has been the best against the Falcons by a large margin. And at times, that's been a Falcons team with Deion Jones, yeah. with uh, Keanu Neal. So this is a team that is worse defensively than Atlanta Falcons teams that Jameis has carved up. So I do think good things are going to happen for this offense. But until you show me that you can stop someone defensively, it's hard for me to pick you. Yeah, I mean, both defenses are pretty decimated in the back. And right now. It looks like an arena football league game more than an NFL game. Uh, it's going to be it all might, offense. Uh, I mean, from a, you know, we play fantasy football. This is an amazing game. I mean, I've, I've got a couple pieces of this game. I've got, you know, um, it's a two quarterback league. So one of my quarterbacks is Matt Ryan. Um, you know, I've got, I stash OJ Howard. I stash Ronald Jones. I've got Mike Evans in my starting lineup. I'm very excited to have, to have a big piece of this game. Um, I'm hoping there's a ton of points. Um, this and is I, why you booked me as a guest this week. I see what's going on here. Well, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I like that offense. I, I like the Tampa offense. I, you know, and 
a couple of our guys are talking up big their pieces of of the Tampa offense as well. Um, a guy was uh, who's at the top of our league was was able to stash uh, Jameis Winston as his third quarterback. He also had Luck in Mahomes, so he's feeling really good right now. He, oh. He's he's saying that um, you know his prediction is that uh, you know Winston's a, a a top twelve QB rest of way, which it's hard to argue. Um, Did you because, think Pat Mahomes was going to be even half this good? Forget about this good because no, nobody I, thought he'd be this good. Did you think he'd be half this good? I I didn't think he'd be half. That you know, I, I thought there'd be may, way more turnover. So I thought it'd be. I thought he'd score a lot of touchdowns because he's he's that gun gunslinger type. I thought the interceptions would balance it out, and they just haven't been there. Um, he he looks like a transcendent player. It's amazing. I would have told you he'll be okay. He'll be okay, right? Like, I've seen I saw him in college. He's got some talent, but, like, he's not going to be a great NFL quarterback. That's what I would have told you. And clearly, I was a little wrong. He's throwing, guy's throwing left-handed passes when he's pressured. Like, right. you don't he's see it. It's, it's, it, yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been amazing. Um, so, one last shot in the dark fantasy, you know, pie in the sky thing. Any chance you see the, the Bucks take a shot at trying to get Le'Veon Bell? Zero. 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 And you know what? If anybody does, I think they're crazy. I think they're crazy. Listen, the guy's a great football player, but he's kind of a knucklehead, clearly. Listen, yeah. if you're going to convince me that you could walk away from the NFL to go start your rap career, I don't know how interested I am in, in, in you as a football player long-term. <laughs> and you can't trade for this guy if you're not going to sign him long-term. The only issue is, you can't sign him long-term right now because of the yeah. rules. He's got to play the season under that franchise tag. So until week 10, right, until week 10 when he has to come back if he wants to be a free agent after the season, if he's not going to come back for Pittsburgh, why do we believe he's going to come back for us? Why do we believe he's going to come back for the Philadelphia Eagles or the, or, or, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the New York or anybody. Well, the Giants seem like they're okay at running back. It's the one place they seem to be good. But <laughs> if you're a team that needs a running back, how do you know that Le'Veon Bell is going to show up for you when he won't show up for Pittsburgh? I think you'd be crazy to trade any kind of real assets for him. Yeah, I mean, it, and the reason he's linked, to, linked to, to Tampa is because it seems like it's the, the running back's the one position they're not really great at on offense. But it Listen, seems, if you're going to trade assets for somebody, get, get some right? let, let, it be yeah. a, let it be a defensive player. Yeah. Let it yeah. be somebody in the defense. I was going to say Earl Thomas for a long time. I was yeah. saying go get Earl Thomas. Obviously, he's got that, that injury that's not going to allow that to happen. But if you're going to give up assets for somebody, it better be somebody who can cover. Because right now, that is by far their biggest issue. Yeah, and, and while I think that Tampa's going to get out to a hot start, I don't think that this is like their their one their one window to to make it to the Super Bowl. This is a young developing team that really, if they can focus on the defense in the next couple of seasons in the draft and in the off season, which by the way, what happened to the front seven? Is it just because teams are able to exploit the the back end of the defense so much? the The names that you guys have on the front seven there, it, it feels like the sack total should be way higher. What's going on there? Well, Jason Pierre-Paul has four sacks in four games, which, yeah, which he's is actually great. very good. Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul is very great. And by the way, one of my favorite guys to talk to, as a guy who, as you just as you mentioned earlier, grew up a Giants fan, who had been rooting for Jason Pierre-Paul in New York when they won a Super Bowl, and then to have him now here in Tampa, you never know how that's going to go, right? You don't want a guy you've yeah. been rooting for your whole life to come to town and end up being a schmuck. 
because that does happen from time to time. But Jason is one of my favorite guys to talk to. He's performing really well. Vinny Curry's performing pretty well as well. Unfortunately, they're not getting a lot behind either of those two guys at defensive end. And the bigger issue is inside a defensive tackle where you expected some big things from Bo Allen. He's been out for two weeks. You expected some big things from Mitch Unrein. He's on the PUP list. He still won't be back for a while. He might be on injured reserve, actually, with his concussion, where you can pull him back off, and eventually I think they will. You know, two of the guys they went out and signed on the interior of that defensive line haven't been able to play. And then, of course, your first-round pick, Vita Vea, just saw his first action. And I don't mean regular season action. Action. He didn't play in the, in the preseason at all. He got, a, he got an injury, uh, you know, the first day that this team was in pads. So you're talking about a young man as unbelievably, as a matter of fact, today, Dirk Cutter used the word freakishly strong. As freakishly strong as he is, as unbelievable as an athlete as he is for a kid that's 330-something pounds now that he's lost like 15 pounds, um, it still takes time when you get to this league. You know, everybody's dominant in college when you're that level of player. And then you get to the NFL, and all of a sudden there's a grown-ass man on the other side of the line, and he's been doing this a while, and it's going to take some time for you to figure it out. So they made some moves on the interior of that defensive line that they thought was really going to help as far as the rotation, taking some pressure off of guys like Gerald McCoy and, and, and Vinnie Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul that unfortunately haven't been able to be on the field. And that's why I do believe that this defense, while it will never be great this season, may be able to get to adequate. I won't even say will be able to, but may be able to, because as Mitch Ryan gets healthy, Vita Vea gets comfortable, Bo Allen comes back. By the way, you're playing a couple of rookie corners in MJ Stewart and Carlton Davis a lot. As those guys progress and feel more comfortable, they're not going to be great. Again, this season, they've got too much work to get anywhere near great. they got a lot of work to get to good. I think with those guys growing up, if they get healthier on the inside, we might see them be adequate. Very cool. So, last thing, and I appreciate your time today, Pat. I really do. You You call the fans of your show the Goon Squad, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I consider myself a member of the they Goon Squad. Named, they actually named themselves the Goon Squad. Oh, I don't remember how it happened, but it did. Yeah, and, and I love the, the orange shirts. I, I almost want to take a trip down to, to Moss Nissan just on a Saturday to get me one of those shirts. They're very nice. Uh, <laughs> my team faces the my sort of fantasy nemesis in our league. Uh, you know, a guy by the name of Travis. His team is called Goon Squad. So What? Yeah, so a it, it, little bit of a coincidence having you on this week. Um, you know... Well, Are you let re- him know that my goon squad, all of them will be rooting against his goon squad. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> so uh, for those of you guys that listen, and oddly enough, it seems to be more than just the, the 11 other guys in my league. I would seem to be getting a few dozen listens to, to each of these podcasts. So thank you all for uh, for listening. If you want to follow Pat on Twitter, he's at Pat Donovan NFL. Um, and you can like. No. It, you, it's not? No, yeah, well, see, here's the thing. I, I changed it to NFL because I was writing for an NFL website and they kind of thought it was important. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm no longer writing because, to be honest, I just don't love writing the way I love radio and, and covering yeah. sports in, in general. Uh, and now because I'm on a couple of different radio stations uh, and I don't want to single any of them out, even though 620 WDA where I do sports is like my main station. I'm, I, like I said, I'm doing the – 
I'm doing the rock thing now. I even filled in this morning doing some news talk radio. So I do a lot of different. So now it's actually at Pat Donovan Radio on Twitter. At Pat Donovan Radio. So uh, why don't I let you get your own plugs in? So where can the people that aren't in Tampa hear your stuff? Yeah, so uh, if, you, if you wanted to listen to us for some reason, uh, and I suggest it, even though we talk a lot of Tampa sports, if you're not a Tampa sports fan, uh, we're also a couple of goofballs and have a lot of fun on the show. So I think we're, we're easy listening, uh, if you will. Uh, you can hear our show, uh, obviously, uh, live on iHeartRadio, but also we do a lot of podcasting of stuff from the show and also our individual podcasts as well. Uh, all you have to do is search for The Pat and Aaron Show on, uh, on, on iHeartRadio, uh, and when you search for the patent area, we should pop right up if, if you're not 100% sure or if there are a couple of things that pop up. I'm a fat guy. My co-host is a little Jewish kid. You see a fat guy <laughs> and a little Jewish kid, probably the patent Aaron show you're looking for. Well, I mean, we did call you Fat Pat as a kid. I, I thought it was a term of endearment. I, I, I think you're okay with it. So I'm going I'm to totally, say Totally. Uh, all right, cool. My mom hates it when I call myself fat on the radio and also stupid because I do that a lot as well. Uh, but I've got no qualms about it. Well, you're looking pretty svelte to me. I mean, it, I saw your uh, your vacation photos from from uh, Donovan Zona. Look like you had a good time. <laughs> By the way, everyone hated that hashtag. Absolutely everyone. I don't know why, but everyone hated it. <laughs> ah, I loved it. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you being on, on the podcast this week. I may reach out, back out to you if there's any uh, any big news coming out of Tampa to get your take on it. Um, so Yeah, and listen... Kevin, I, I do interviews uh, all over the country about the NFL, not just the Buccaneers, but also the NFL. So uh, if, if you want to guest, uh, I'm always happy to do it for you, my brother. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much for being on the League Podcast this week, Pat, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. Take it easy. Thank you.